0: Howdy, welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast. We know you've got a buffet of media to choose from each week. That's why we put a lot of effort into finding stories from the Bible that have relevant lessons for us today. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Before we jump in, I'd love to pray and then we will be off to the races. Heavenly Father, we need a word from you in this new year. uh, We want to be encouraged and inspired And we want to be able to share that with others, so we just pray this morning you will bless us, inspire us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So I have a a praise to share before we jump in. Uh, This week, uh, we somehow graciously survived what appears to be, whether it was the microburst or a tornado, about 300 feet from our house that caused some absolute insane destruction, snapping all the trees, a uh, long three wood away from our house. And uh, I mean, if you've ever been in the wake of what looks like a tornado, where everything is gone, where all the power was down and all the lines were down and you just think, why, why didn't it hit here? And so I just wanna praise the Lord for that uh, as we start this new year. I also wanna say thank you to this church Uh, we probably had the greatest example of all hands on deck in the last month with so many programs, so many of you involved. And I hope that that is a model of what the new year will bring. I know that each of you have a burden. There's something God has put on your heart. It's a skill, it's a passion, it's a need you've recognized. And I just pray that this can be a place where we encourage each other and we foster those things so that we can be a blessing not only to each other, but to this community. So a couple of things I know some of you have told me. I want to teach people about health. We should start even before our building begins. I talked to the builder this week and he said, permit's getting close. One fire marshal just retired. He had given me the green light. And the new one, I'm having to make sure he's as happy as the last one. But we're going to have a new building this year. Uh, As you'll notice in the bulletin, that building will be paid off by the time we're done with it which is a, an amazing blessing. Some of you have talked about a passion for music. How do we share that with the community? And a whole host of things. And I just want to encourage you, whatever that passion is, get involved. If nothing else, sometimes it's just for you. I, some of you have heard me say selfishly, I preach to stay involved. It causes me to dig where maybe I wouldn't dig so much. So, selfishly get into ministry find something that you're passionate about where you feel like god has called me into this and talk to me and it could be something totally off the wall and we need to find a way where we can do that type of ministry here where people can be blessed so i hope you will be praying about that as we jump into this new year okay first question how many of you have a resolution for the new year raise your hands Anybody with a resolution, it's clear, you've thought it through, raise them very high. Okay, about six of us, all right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> We're going to inspire the rest of everyone else. There may be a reason for that. The percentage of Americans who say they will make a New Year's resolution this year has dropped. Last year, 43% of Americans said they would, they would make and have a resolution. This year, 29%. Reason being, many people feel there is no hope to accomplish anything. The world is so uncertain, what's the point? So I would say maybe depression and fighting it is a resolution we need to have. I was thinking we should have a resolution as a church. We have so many blessings, but it'd be nice to think about some resolutions as a church. But I'll tell you mine. Uh, I think I am very lazy. I think I spend too much of my day in a chair. So my resolution is I've got to get more active. You would think Ava would have solved that for me, but not quite yet. And then I found myself in good company because here are the top 10 resolutions as per all these thousands of people polled in the United States. Number one, what do you think it is? What is it, Linda? Weight loss is number two. Number one is exercise more. Number three, get organized. Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Number five, live life to the fullest. Number six, save more money, spend less money. Hallelujah. Number seven, quit smoking. Quit smoking. I want to do a little tangent right quick. There's a business opportunity with this number seven. The majority, seven to nine, I think it's 70 to 90% of smokers on any given day of the week want to quit. The most successful smoking cessation program in world history is the Seventh-day Adventist five-day stop smoking program that we changed. And it is no longer the most successful stop smoking program because it was a little extreme. You're doing hot and cold showers in the morning. You're doing them in the afternoon. You're drinking all this water. You're doing all these things. For a while, I started to write down, how do you monetize this? People want to Stop smoking. It's amazing to have a group of customers that are begging, please make a product that helps me with my problem. Anyway, maybe we as a church could be a huge solution. There's a lot of smoking in this community. Number seven. Number eight, spend more time with family and friends. Number nine, travel more. Number 10, read more. But there may be a reason why more of us don't have a resolution. And I have to say, sometimes resolutions... uh, I read this morning that 85% of New Year's resolutions are stopped January 19. (laughs) It's called Quitter's Day. (laughs) And January 19, most all resolutions, forget it, I'm done. I tried to exercise, but that gym is too far, it's too cold, it's too, you know, make all these excuses. So I thought it would be very good for us first off, If we are going to identify ourselves with the religion of this book in this new year, we should know something more about the God who inspired it because it's gonna deal with resolutions. So if you have a Bible or if there's one in the chairs around you, turn with me to a few verses. We're gonna look at seven verses. Who is this God of scripture? Does he like me? Does he care for me? Is he rooting for my weight loss? Is he rooting for me to quit smoking? Is he rooting for me to get over this addiction or accomplish this goal? So let's see if we can look at a few of these. First one is in Philippians. Philippians chapter four. Sometimes I grab the wrong Bible. Where's my, there we go. Philippians chapter four, verse 13 If we were to bring in some commentary from the writings of Ellen White, I love one of the things she describes. The greatest misunderstanding in the world today is the same one that they had misunderstood 2,000 years ago. The character of God. Is he really good? Is he as crazy as some of my news channels paint him? Is he as non-existent as other news channels paint him? So here's a few verses we're gonna go through. Philippians Chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a good foundation for the resolution. I can do anything. If If I commit my heart to the Lord, the Bible tells me I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do them. So there's no excuse there. Anything is possible. Okay, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. We need to know these things before we jump into the deep end of the pool where we're going next. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, what does it say? Who could be against us? God is literally saying, I'm invincible. I can do anything. The first verse, talking about us. We can do all things through Christ, who strengthens us. And in this one, if God is then for us, who could be against us? Hopefully that can alleviate some of those fears. How about 1 John chapter 4? 1 John chapter four. We're just gonna load up the arsenal as we start the new year so that we can have this assurance that a lot of people don't have and maybe even at times we don't have. 1 John chapter four, verse four. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because, and then here's the key line. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who is the one that it's describing as in the world? The enemy, Satan. He's in the world. But he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. Okay, one more. Uh, We're going to go to Daniel, but first back to Philippians one more time. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. First, uh, Philippians chapter one, verse six. Now this is encouragement. If you feel like for any reason, you can look back in the last year and say, God started to work in my life. So it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I like this version better. It reads like this. I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. That if for any reason you have an inkling that God has been working in your life on any matter and manner of things, this is assurance he's not gonna stop. He's gonna keep working in your life. Okay, go with me to Daniel, Old Testament, Daniel chapter seven. Daniel chapter seven In verse 22, because this is a big one. I was talking with somebody this week and they said, we were talking about, you know, you have any resolutions, what's your goal for the new year? And they said, well, I believe Jesus is going to return soon. I actually think it's very soon. And I believe that as the Bible describes, judgment takes place before he returns. And they said, and I wanna be ready for that. And a lot of people are afraid of that. Because when they hear the words judgment, we usually think of the court of laws in this land and well, but everybody's probably guilty. So just ask me, I'm probably not that good of a person. I'm kind of afraid of judgment because I'm not really great, right? So we think this way, then we try and translate all these things into scripture. Well, God must be like me. And if, if I was God, and I wouldn't really give me a lot of grace and mercy. We definitely don't live in a culture right now that seems to have any grace and mercy. I think the term terminology we use is cancel culture. If there's a sin committed in your life, since the day you were conceived, we will cancel you. We will find your sin out. We will hunt you down. There will be no mercy for you. And I have to tell you, as I read these, these articles and, and learn about what's taking place in our culture, it's like we are so desperately in need to know God is good and to show each other mercy because there seems to be none in the world. But this, this is interesting here. Daniel 7, verse 22, talking about this scene of judgment until the ancient of days came. And this version says, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints. If you put your case into the Lord's hands, judgment is passed in favor of you. If you hide from him, if you hold on to things that you know this is an addiction, this is an issue, and I know I probably should give it to the Lord, but I don't really want to. You don't get that favor. You want that favor. And so I think it is so healthy to know the God of Scripture judges in favor of those who put their lives into his hands. It's revolutionary. Any fears you've ever had of a, of a scary God, of a vengeful God waiting to make sure you are lost, that maybe he's like Santa and you are on his naughty list. All these things warp our minds into thinking this God is not a good God, but, but this judgment scene where God is judging in favor of those who love him is a beautiful thought. A couple more verses in Isaiah and Jeremiah that can give us some encouragement Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 is one, and then we're gonna go to Jeremiah 29 eleven. So Isaiah forty one ten is the first one. Hope you'll hold on to these. Because if you turn on the news, it could be a scary world. I tried it a couple of weeks ago. I told you, I have not tried it since. I don't need that in my life. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is a God who is your friend, who judges in favor of you, who strengthens you, who whatever he started in your life will bring to completion... And then this verse is one I think you've heard before, but Jeremiah 29, 11 is a good summarizing of all this. Remember, we're going into the deep end of the pool. So you need to know God is in favor of us before we go to the deep end of the pool. Jeremiah 29, 11. How does God feel about me? Does he really like me? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, Okay, God knows what he's thinking. This is good. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. If there is no other verse to remember on this day of the year 2022, God's thoughts towards you are good, are peaceful, are full of hope, and he wants you to have these same attributes. All right, I hope, hope you will hold on to those. Happy to share these verses with you if you want them. So how does this relate with resolutions? A resolution, the definition of it is a firm decision to do or not to do something. And scripture has an amazing story of resolutions. People had a, a bad life a life in slavery, and God pulls them out of this. And he demonstrates all this power at Sinai, almost like to a group of children who don't understand anything. And he describes, this is the way to live. I pulled you out of slavery. Here are the ways to live your lives. Don't take each other's spouses. Don't steal stuff. Don't kill people. This is who I am. Remember the Sabbath, or you'll forget anything is real, and You'll start to believe you came from monkey. I mean, all these things, they were told at Sinai. And their response is, everything you have said, we will do. Got it. Our resolution, we will do everything God told us to. And the book of Hebrews, all those years later, chapter 10 and verse 16, says it like this. I'll, I'll preface it. That didn't work. It didn't work. Just like if you've ever had a resolution and you're off to the races today and you're like, this day has already started very well. This is gonna be a good year. But we now know the statistics that on January 19, it all comes collapsing down. And the reason for that is we mean well. We resolve to do these things. We make these decisions. I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. And God's people, his followers, through scripture, had the same situation. It's a new start. We're not slaves anymore. We're going to do everything God told us to do. Got it. Sounds smart. We'll do it. And they failed within days, right? Hebrews 10 16 says, This is the new covenant. I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. What we could not do, God will do. And so I think it's tempting to think, well, then I can have a lazy man's religion. The Bible clearly is saying, God will do everything for me. I don't have to do anything. But, but then sadly, it, it does not describe everyone is saved at the end of the story. So then if if God does everything and we do nothing and not everyone is saved, God is insane. And he chooses and he makes favorites. Well, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't make sense. So there must be something in here and it seems as though it comes down to our response to God saying, I will write, I'll put my laws on their hearts, I'll write them in their minds. Do we want that to happen? Because he doesn't force that. Do you want God to come into your life today on the first day of the year? And if the answer is yes, what does that look like? Well, at that moment with Israel, they had said, new start, new beginning. We have a resolution to do all that you've told us. And so the years go by. And the years go by. And then finally, they have gone so far off the rails as a people that God says, I'm so, so sorry. I have to take you back into slavery. It's like, what what happened? So Daniel, who the scriptures have nothing bad to say about Daniel, Daniel finally realizes God is punishing us for a certain amount of time And there's reasons why, and we start to learn later, the reason why the certain amount of time is they had never let the land rest. They had never kept Sabbath. They had thought, look, God made these promises. We we do commerce for six years in this agrarian economy where they could grow everything in the land of milk and honey. And God says, then stop. Just give the land a Sabbath. Let it rest in the seventh year. There will be so much food, so many grapefruits, so many lemons, so much olive oil, so many strawberries and blueberries. There will be so much food in year six that you will not be able to eat it all until the ninth year. Oh, and you can start growing again in the eighth year. Just the land of milk and honey, plentiful everywhere. And yet they said, you know what? If we got this much in year six, what if we don't take next year off? Let's just keep this thing going. We can make more money. We can get more land. We can do more things. We can buy that new thing you've been wanting, honey. We can do this. We can do that. This seems wise. God blesses us with the sunshine and the rain. Let's do this. And yet there was something, I kind of hinted on this before, but I think there's something deep in the rejuvenation and regeneration of the soil That if you do not let the land rest, we would become extinct. And this story was about a Messiah coming to save his people. And God realizes, I can't save you if you become extinct. I'm coming through the lineage of this people. So he takes them off the land for 70 years. Let the land have its Sabbath. And Daniel is realizing this. So we're talking about resolutions. Resolutions. Daniel's realizing, okay, we're near the end of something and we're gonna have another new start. There's a time for another resolution. I just wanna read to you some of Daniel's prayer. Uh, he says in verse two, I understand the, in the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. He's understanding after all these years They're in slavery. This is coming to an end. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make a request by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God. I made confession and said, "O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. We have rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Okay, so we start to get into the story. Daniel is realizing we're here because of something we did. God didn't just arbitrarily say, I know I promised you the land of milk and honey and leave it. So this is a good time, like today, maybe this week, to think through the last year. Maybe think through some of your life You may have a resolution that says, I want everything to be different, but sometimes we just leave it to that. In fact, I was reading one article, that said that's why most of us fail with a resolution. It's just this lofty, vague dream. That's that's where mine started this year. I just wanna be more active. What in the world is that gonna do for me? So I thought, okay, the only way I'm gonna be more active is I'm gonna go on my calendar, and I'm gonna set a time period, Every day of my life, this is when I will be active. This is when I will be exercising, right? Specifically during this time period. And so with Daniel here, he gets very specific. We messed up. God, I just want to tell you, we messed up. I even know how we messed up. And he starts to get into the how. How did Israel mess up? Neither have we heeded Your servants, the prophets, we didn't listen to any of them, who spoke in your name to our kings, they spoke to our princes, to our fathers, and all the people of the land. We heard the prophets and we ignored them. Oh, Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. A lot of humility is going into this. As it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all countries, to which You have driven them. And then he says why in the end of verse seven. Why did God drive his people out from the land of promise to the whole world? Because of the, this is Daniel's words, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us, this is the beautiful part of this prayer. He identifies himself with his friends and peers, even though scripture says he wasn't guilty of any of that. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face. I'm ashamed of what we've become. To our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. It's very clear. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets, it's very clear there. The prosperity that Israel wanted, the prosperity Daniel wanted, he acknowledges we don't have that because God had given us a way to live and we said, no thank you. Then he gets into verse 11 and this is where he gets very specific. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law this is in Daniel chapter nine. And has departed so as not to obey your voice. I mean, he keeps going at it. We didn't listen. Therefore, and this is some interesting words. The curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. Now pause there. Hold your finger there in Daniel nine and turn with me over to Deuteronomy 28, because it's good sometimes in Scripture to know what's being referred to here. What's going on here? What is he talking about? The curse. It's like he knew exactly why they finally had gotten in this situation. And Daniel is just saying, I know exactly how we got here. And here it is. Deuteronomy 28 is often described a chapter on the blessings and cursings. And Moses said, we're gonna go into the land It's going to be amazing. The weather's going to be like January 1st in Georgia in 2022. It won't be freezing. It's going to be beautiful. The bees will be out. I mean, I have my blueberries are blossoming this morning. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing come, what, March, April? I think I know the answer. Don't answer it, please. Okay, so they get to this land and God says it's going to be amazing. And here's how you're going to enjoy it. Almost like if you give a child a new toy, or you get a new toy, here's how you're going to take care of this. Don't put diesel when it requires premium unleaded gas. If it shall come to pass, verse 1, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, this is Moses talking, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That seems like a good thing. I'm gonna give you paradise and I'm gonna tell you how to enjoy it forever. Verse two, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I don't usually like to do this, but I'm gonna be very specific. The blessings that God describes here are much like the blessings he gives us the opportunity to enjoy in the year 2022. While the world is dying and terrified in fear, we don't have to be a part of that. Now we may die, sure. Okay, we may get sick, we may die, but scripture tells us this beautiful promise that doesn't have to be the end of our story. There are blessings and cursings still today. And Moses just starts to get into these. These are the very ones that Daniel in this prayer is realizing, we didn't listen to that. Look at these. Blessed will you be in the city, blessed in the countryside. Blessed will be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle. Blessed will be your basket, your kneading bowl. Basically, it just starts to get into these nitty gritty details. Everything you touch will be blessed. Blessed, verse six, blessed will you be when you come in. Blessed will you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. This sounds good. He'll, compl- he'll command blessing on your storehouses or your bank accounts or your savings accounts or all the things we could apply this to today. He'll establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you. But then we start to get into the conditions. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Notice this chapter isn't about how to be saved. I think sometimes we mix the blessings of God and salvation. You can die of cancer at 40 years old and still be blessed by God. You may not receive all the blessings in this life. That doesn't mean you can't walk with him in the next life. But these were about blessings and cursings in this life. And I just want to encourage you, get into this chapter, dig into Daniel's prayer, make it your experience this year. It keeps going. I'll read a little bit more. He says, here's all the blessings, verse 9, if you walk in the ways I've told you, they're gonna be a little singular. They're gonna be a little strange. Some people of other nations or other belief systems may say, this is weird, Ernest. You're weird. You eat weird, you think weird, you listen to weird stuff. You watch weird things, you read weird things. You people sing weird songs. And God doesn't say, I won't make you weird. Peculiar, right? There's the word. Straight-laced extremists. I think I've heard that song before. Verse 10, though. What will be the result of this weirdness, this peculiar nature of if you want all these blessings and you walk in a unique path with this Jehovah God? Verse 10, all the peoples of the earth will see you. They'll see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll, they'll be afraid of you. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which he swore to you. Think about Daniel as he's praying this prayer. What happened? What happened? We're slaves again. We left slavery. God gave us these blessings. He just said, listen. And we're slaves again. He'll open the treasure, the heavens. He'll give you rain in its season, verse 12. He'll bless all the work of your hand. You will lend to many nations. You won't borrow. Wouldn't be fascinating today? Oh, those people, yeah, they're a little strange. They're the bank. They loan to people. They don't need to borrow money. If they got more money, than they know what to do with, literally. That was the promise God made to Israel. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Promises. You'll be above only, not beneath. But then again, this crazy thing that Scripture has that Christianity doesn't talk about. If. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and you're careful to observe them. In other words, God's saying, I'm not wasting your time telling you a unique way to live. There are actually blessings you'll get in this life by living this way. It won't be easy, may not be popular. And then verse 14, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And I think in our day it's, all the trends and the fashions. I read this wild statement this week that the greatest curse to us, like us as a people, is our obsession with fashion. And I thought, I don't know if that could be true today unless it includes our cars and our stuff and our just, we wanna be like the Joneses. But I think those other gods, they just come into your life Chase me. Don't worry about the God who's chasing you, the God Jehovah God, who he wants to help you. Chase this. And these other gods just make us slaves. They just make us work more and get in debt to pay for them and to serve them. And then this last half of the chapter gets into all the things. But it shall come to pass, if you do not listen to the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes. You know, this is going through Daniel's mind because he's reading these scriptures which I command you today. If you don't do that, it's like almost these most terrible words. All these curses will come upon you and overtake you. I really appreciated Dr. Jennings once ago when we had him talk about this idea of natural law. That sin is not God waiting to throw bad things in your life. Sin just has punishments. God doesn't want you to have cancer, but if you smoke for 70 years, tobacco kills you. God doesn't kill you. That sin, if you hold on to it long enough, it's not that God wants you to be destroyed by it. It will kill you. And I think if we look at Scripture and and what I would say in just such a logical way, God is saying, look, if you don't listen to the way I'm telling you to live, it is bad news. You will be cursed in the city, cursed in the country, Your basket will be cursed. The fruit of your body will be cursed. Cursed you'll be when you go in. Cursed you'll be when you go out. But then God, interestingly enough in Scripture, that's why they didn't have the full understanding like we do today. They believed he was cursing. Because he said it. The Lord will send you cursing. Confusion, rebuke, and all that you set your hand to. Until you're destroyed, until you perish quickly, because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. He'll make the plague cling to you until you're consumed from the land which you're going to possess. The Lord will strike you with, oh, it's just all this bad news, consumption and fever. And and the heavens over you, they'll be like bronze. There will be no rain. Verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated. Defeated. Before your enemies, you shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. It's all the opposites of the blessings we just read diseases and all these different things, blindness, confusion of heart. You'll marry a wife, she'll sleep with somebody else. You'll build a house, you won't live in it. I'm just like, what? 32 gets very personal to Daniel. Your sons and your daughters will be given to other people. Your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. There shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor. You ever grown something and somebody eats it? Hey, that tomato on the plant. I literally had this. It was actually a peach. That one peach on that tree, man, it was good. I'm just like, that was my peach. That was... I was growing that one peach. To think that all your labor, everything you've been working for, is gone. The Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. Listen to this you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. Daniel is reading these words and he goes on in his prayer in verse 12. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us, against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind. It's like he's reading from Moses and reciting it. And he says in the verse, into verse 14, because we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned. We have sinned have done wickedly. Into verse 16, your people are a reproach. Verse 19 is beautiful. That prayer should be our prayer. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake. My God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Only at that point could Daniel say, Lord, we acknowledge what we have done. And yet again, we plead for your mercy to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We've tried it again and again and again. We've tried to live. Israel has tried it. We have tried it. I have tried it. You see the ideal. We say, I want that to be my experience. And then we think that just by saying it will happen, that maybe God is like magic and it'll happen overnight. Sometimes we remove our role in the equation of willingness, of saying, you're not gonna have a life of faith where you think God can open the ocean for you, where he can get you out of debt, where he can help you find whatever it is you're looking for or that person you're looking for. If you don't read the stories in this book, you have no reason in this world to believe things can happen that aren't done by you. So if that, if that is the type of experience you want where I don't want to go to sleep at night afraid. I don't want to have fear for the year 2022, whatever the news may tell me. I want to know, if I put my hands and life in this God's hands, he will walk with me. He will strengthen me. What he started, he will bring to completion. And yet, I believe our part as we start a new year is we need some time on our knees because we're gonna start a 10 days of prayer this coming Wednesday night that I hope everybody will be involved in. We're gonna have just a short 10 minutes of prayer for 10 days in a row. Has to start with confession. Lord, the last year in my life, I have not been the husband I should have been. I wanna confess that. And, and husbands to your wives, go to them. I I was not what I should have been. I want to confess that. Or to our kids, or to our husbands, or to any relationship in life, I think we should go to that person, but I also think we should go to God and say, this is not where I think we should be. I have professed this faith for a long time, but Lord, there's something missing here. What is it? And the best way to start that is today. And if you don't do it today, it's tomorrow but do not think tomorrow is guaranteed. We have so many things to be blessed, to to be thankful for with the blessings we we have at this little church. And people look to us. Your friends look to you as somebody that professes something, that that has a calling that, that maybe they don't have or maybe they want. My prayer is this year, we will set our sights very high, but so unattainable on our own, that right now, not on January 19, right now we will give up and say, Lord, I'm never gonna reach that without you. But I wanna reach that. And what are the disciplines in my life? how much time each day and when should I be reading so that my faith is strengthened? How much time each day should I be on my knees so that I'm encouraged what you've done in these people's lives? Some really nasty, bad people, by the way. You could do in my life. I'm not even as bad as them. What are those disciplines? What are those things that we need to do in our lives? What are the things that are our roadblocks where we realize I I have these goals, but, but I get thrown off the path. That may be where we need somebody to hold us accountable, to encourage someone. Help me, I wanna achieve this, but I don't know how to get there. I need your prayers that God will help me experience what I'm looking for. And somehow, not let me go to on there. Anybody have that prayer? That desire? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this idea of resolution, we pray that even now, uh, you will help us to have a whole new set of eyes on what that is, that we will, we will lay down all our attempts to be better on our own merit on our own experience and history, that we won't look at our value at our bank account, but that we will look at our value based on do we know you and do you know us? And I pray that we can be a community of believers that encourage each, each other on this journey to know that we have not arrived yet, but if, if we confess and forsake the old life, The selfish life, we don't want anything to be a part of. We recognize when we're honest with ourselves and honest with you, it does not lead anywhere good. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Give us hope as we enter this new year and and continue to work in our lives. If we've seen any inkling of that in our entire lives, then help us to hold on to that, knowing that what you have started, you will bring to completion. And we will walk with you and be willing and listening every step of the way. Thank you, we pray this. We thank you for another day and another year of life. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. We record these messages each week at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adairsville. And if you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you. Stop in and say hi and enjoy some good Southern food with us. We'll see you next week.